0: Chapter 26 of Joaquin, the Claude Duval of California. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tatiana Chichilla. Joaquin, the Claude Duval of California, or The Marauder of the Mines, a Romance Founded on Truth by Henry L. Williams. Chapter 26 Black Diamond Cuts Black Diamond. More to hear. The policemen are too late as usual. The bogus Joaquin. More blood. While noisy Garcia was thus emphatic, a scene no less momentous was transpiring at the other end of the palatial shanty. One of the drinkers at that part, after having studied with inebriate's gravity the speech he had heard, rose and went as if only to the fire, blunderingly lit a cigar while carefully scrutinizing the three-fingered desperado with as much astonishment as his muddled senses could let him feel, and staggered back to his companions, into whose ears he whispered a few startling words. They were no common ones, for six of the eight there seated rose and reeled out. Murrieta and his lieutenant followed them easily in the obscurity. The drunken men, though made sober by the cool outer air, were so intent on their sudden purpose that they minded their watchers no more than they did the rats that leaped out of the hollows in the rotten planking called the sidewalk. Thinking intentively and quite correctly that three-fingered jack had something to do with the abrupt departure of the seven, the two Mexicans let them enter undisturbed their tent, when they stepped up to it and listened easily through the canvas. They had drawn and set the hammers of their revolvers in case they should be set upon. "'Did you take a good squint at him?' asked one of the men inside. A first-rate one, so good that I will remember him as long as my stick is uncut. But are you sure it is that man? Look-a here, I can't be chiseled on that, know how you fix it. I have seen him many and many a time up in the mountains, and as sure as a gun, it is three-fingered Jack, one of the top sawyers of Joaquin's cutthroats. And I'll go as ex. besides that, the old buck himself, Joaquin, is in town, for one is always hanging around the other. They are just like the pilot fish and the shark we saw in the gulf coming out here in the Golden Gate. Anyway, those three ugly mugs with him are of the band, I'll bet. "'Thin' oil till ye's fat, me lads,' said a third. "'It explains all be the powers. "'There's not a bit o' wonder that we made Paddy Fitzsimmons mothers of ourselves last night "'and missed our game, bedad. "'What do you mean, Redney?' "'Sure ye's ought to know. "'I mean, the miner, that we ought to have nailed the digger "'with the pockets heaping with gold galore. "'This three-fingered jack as ye stole him,' is the Omaroon has slipped in nightly and rubbed us, be jabbers, And that's the mystery I'd go bail. By Jingo, maybe that's so. I shouldn't wonder if the miners you speak of were taken care of that way. But it couldn't have been any great shakes of a robbery, for I saw our birds drop feathers and feathers of slugs at the arcade Monte tables. To blazes and blackness with the Mexicans. Here they are leaving the woods and mountains to meddle with us in the city, Rotum. We must do the speaker the justice to declare him quite truthful in his indignation. That's me all over, grumbled another. Deuce takes the yellow bellies. What brings the cursed greasers here? Here's five days and nights that we have been on the lay, and we may lay down and kick the bucket before we'll make a raise. Sure, the man's truth tellin interposed Redney, shaking the head which had gained him the nickname as solemnly as if he were assenting to the profoundest of philosophical axioms. "'I'll give you my opinion,' went on the man, interrupted by the exile of Aaron. "'We must make hash of these interlopers. "'When we've cleared em out, we will have all to ourselves.' "'So you mean a sudden muss with em? "'No, no, legs, none of that. "'You're loony to think of fightin' em. "'Of course we could lick them, though they are uncommon blank with the knife. "'But it wouldn't pay, do you see? "'What I propose is, let's set the peelers on their track, "'and if they can't root em out, we'll come into play and hunt up Joaquin. "'You know there's a reward out for him when we get him.' When? Don't count your gold till it's minted. Dry up, Dodger, will you, Or else Joaquin won't be the first to get a wipe with my knife. You are blind drunk, you fool. As I was sayin' just now when Clumsy shoved in his roar, when we get what- Who do you call fool and Clumsy? I'll teach you. Will you shut? I'll- No, you won't. I can lick. Take that. A slab was heard. And that, you bloody- and the peculiar, awful sound of a well-struck knife passing through clothes to bury itself in a human body accompanied the words. Dodger had stabbed his mate. On the instant, all the others sprang upon the assassin, and as noisy and exciting a struggle as ever took place in a circle of ten or twelve feet in diameter and covered with canvas, thereupon ensued. As Joaquin and his friends did not care to see the upshot of the scuffle, they left their stand of observation and proceeded towards their own tent. They were born for adventures that night. A few steps only from the Vermont house, they encountered a couple of men, convicts who had quitted Botany Bay without applying for tickets of leave, who were fresh from the taverns. They were both primed and charged deeply, and just at the quarrelsome period. Hello! What now's hell this here chap? shouted one of them, stopping before Joaquin. How's a fellow to know, matey? Mind your own business and pass on, said Joaquin. No sars, or I'll... Before he could do anything with the weapon to which he carried his hand, he fell to the ground with his poisoned breath forming his last gasp. Murieda's dagger had entered its full length in his side. His companion, sobered by the sight, recoiled and took to his legs, followed by a bullet from Valenzuela, but he disappeared untouched. The two Mexicans resumed their march peacefully as if nothing had taken place when they unexpectedly confronted a policeman, who had heard the shot and demanded the reason of it. Joaquin slouched his hat over his face for precaution's sake, shook his arm free from his ample cloak, and carelessly laid his hand on his revolver. But, seeing a second person coming up and suspecting him to be another policeman, he responded in a polite tone. "'The shot was by accident, sir. My friend here was putting his revolver in its case when the trigger or hammer caught in the strap and it went off somehow or other.' "'What made you run so quick?' asked the second policeman of his comrade. "'Oh, nothing. I heard a shot and thought it another murder.' "'replied he, and he added, turning to Joaquin. "'You say your friend was putting up his revolver. "'What made him have it out?' "'He was carrying it in his hand, sir. "'There are too many rascals around at this late hour "'for there to be no danger in the streets. "'My friend wanted to be ready.' "'Why didn't he keep the colt in his hand?' "'Because I laughed him out of his fears "'and told him that the police were so active in this quarter "'that the rogues had been pretty well thinned out.' The policeman felt merciful all of a sudden, but he continued his cross-questioning, a delightful occupation to many men in office. "'But you were just now telling us that there was danger in the streets,' said he, putting the poser with a tone of a chote. "'You are so prevaricatory. how he did rattle out the new word, a pet one, no doubt, that I don't know whether to believe you or not. "'I beg your pardon, sir. I meant that weapons were not needed till the danger appeared.' "'What do you think, Charlie?' Won't it be best to arrest him? There are so many rascallions about, indeed, though our ward is so-so. And the wind tonight is just the thing for incendiaries, and the time seems up for another great fire. I think it will be prudent to hold them. No, I don't think so myself. Let em alone, they're all right. Ned, you are too cheeky altogether. You are as lippy as a tomb shyster who's fingered a nux fee. I know what I say, never fear. I hope so. You're sure thing for judge next election. "'Shut up! You're worse than Billy Milligan. You who fire off six shooters so clumsily, be off to bed. Arrest is better than arrest, remember. Come along, Charlie, we'll look into Neil's and have a whiskey skin.' "'That's me.' Joaquin politely bade the worthy guardians goodnight and went off with his companion in the direction of the rum shop where they had seen Three-Fingered Jack. "'If that stupid had persisted in talking of marching us along to the lockup,' remarked the bandit chief, "'I'd have left a place vacant in the force.' "'So would I for the other,' added Valenzuela. "'The uproar which resounded inside the shanty "'was sufficient to prove that his drinking continued. "'Joaquin looked through a crevice again "'and perceived the man still in the same place, "'but so drunk that he had much ado to keep his head up, "'and it did fall forward every little while. Murieta charged Valenzuela to watch outside, "'entered the drinking place, strode straight up to the table, "'and roughly shook his lieutenant by the shoulder. "'Garcia rose furiously and felt for his revolver. "'Oh, Murieta "'Hush!' "'Come, I want you to leave this town before dawn.' "'What for? What's the row?' "'Because the hounds are on our trail, and in a few minutes perhaps you will be nabbed.' "'Caramba!' "'That just suits this child. How many are going to try to take me?' he said stoutly. "'Too many for us to resist them when they'll have a thousand citizens to back them. Come along.' "'Have it your own way.' He rolled out of the place, followed by his three companions. Joaquin conducted all his men to Blanco's house, where they slept till dawn. Then he sent away the Blanco, namesake of the host, to San Luis, and directed Berilda and Sanchez to regain their respective haunts. Three-Fingered Jack was told to take the San Jose Road and make a beeline for the general rendezvous. In the afternoon of the same day, the chief and Valenzuela took passage for Sacramento, where they found their horses all right. Thence they started forthwith for Stockton in order to give Berilda some necessary orders relating to other members of the band, who were to reach Arroyo Cantuva via Stockton. Three or four days after Joaquin's departure, rumor had it in San Franciscan Street that the celebrated marauder of the mines had been arrested and was caged in the jail. A poor devil of a Mexican had indeed been caught who had been profiting under Murrieta's name. A number of sightseers rushed to the prison to feast on the dish of bandit served in his jacket, potato fashion, and probably were as well satisfied as if they had seen the Simon Pure. All this time, the latter was on his undisturbed travels. Three-fingered Jack had stolen a magnificent horse with fine saddle and bridle and silver spurs from a rich Mexican who lived near the Dolores Mission. Next, he cut the throat of a Chinaman near Alviso, in addition to despoiling him of his blankets and clothes. So with one James Walsh around the San Jose Mission. This latter murder gave him $350, a gold watch, and a revolver. Two Mexican rancheros suspected of this deed were taken to San Francisco, but they were lucky enough to be let off as they deserved. A week later, another pride of the Pirates of the Placers, Rafael Quintara, stabbed at Santiago near Colombia, a man who had never harmed him in the least, a most respectable citizen. This inexplicable assassination excited the deepest indignation all over the country. The energetic detective John Leary went in pursuit of the criminal, but he lost him in the intricacies of the mountain. On the next day, or the next after that, Quintara came out of his hiding place and knifed one Samuel Slater, from whom he took some specimens of ore, two revolvers, and provisions. It was only days after that the body was discovered half-eaten by coyotes. End of chapter 26.